Today, a couple of old homeschool guys asked the question, did being homeschooled help or hurt our creativity? Join us for a very personal discussion on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, my fellow self-aware synaptic snobs. Welcome to The Overthinkers. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, film addict. Seriously, it's a problem. Get me help. And here with me, but not with me because he's on Zoom, is my cool co-host. Nathan Clarkson, author, actor, filmmaker, and uh, I am pretty good at, at cleaning the house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a skill. That is an important I'm trying to think skill. of skills, extra skills that I have. And since I've been inside for so long, all I can think of is I've gotten really good at wiping things down and doing dishes. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, you know, that's, you know, your mom raised you right. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, speaking of moms and dads and families and homeschooling, everybody is talking about homeschooling today. In a recent article in Harvard Magazine, Dr. Elizabeth Bartholet, Bartholet, excuse me, argued for a presumptive ban on homeschooling because homeschooling parents might indoctrinate their children with bigotry and prejudice and trap their children in child abusive homes. She was going to be one of the speakers at the Harvard Homeschooling Summit before the summit was canceled due to the coronavirus outbreak. However, many parents who've never homeschooled before have discovered homeschooling during this pandemic. And in an article in USA Today, it turns out that in a poll taken of parents, six in 10 parents polled said that they would be likely to homeschool their kids in the fall. And 30% said that they would be very likely, given that homeschooling is such in the news lately, and the fact that both my co-host Nathan and I were homeschooled growing up, we thought we would take this opportunity to reflect upon the connection between our homeschooling upbringing and our creativity. Nathan. Do you feel like homeschooling helped or hurt your creativity and how? And is this why you are such a bigoted democracy hater? <laughs> well, you know me all too well, Joseph. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, this is always a touchy subject because all of us have such a different ideas and experiences on education. I have so many friends from all different spectrums of what they uh, existed in and learned in. And it's such a big part, whether we like it or not, of our identity. You know what I mean? This is yeah. something I still to this day... I call myself a homeschooler, not someone who did homeschool, but a homeschooler. Mm. There's, there's weight to that word. And there's, you know, there's images that pop up for uh, everyone when they hear the words. And, uh, but I have so many friends who have come from public school, private school, and an assortment, unschooling assortment of different educations. Right. And so I'm always, it's an interesting thing to talk about this because I always feel like I'm stepping on toes. But, and, and I can't speak for everyone's experience, obviously, in homeschooling, but my own, I have to say, was an overwhelming positive experience hmm. um, and to your into your question about did homeschooling make me more creative did it hurt or help my creativity I look back and I see some of the methods and the ideology and the and the philosophy I should say uh, that my parents implemented in their education of their kids and what I see is each one of their um, their their actions taken towards our education ultimately helped me become more creative and, and I'd say the way it did was in homeschooling, I had three other brothers and sisters, um, and I had a plethora of learning disabilities and mental illnesses, mm -hmm. not to mention I was a, just an extroverted out of the box, wanted to run, wiggle, talk, ask right. questions. And the times that I would find myself in classes, 
I would, that I would find myself in any kind of um, more normal uh, uh, or, or classic uh, environment for learning, I found that I really struggled. You know, I was a part of right. co-ops and Sunday schools, and I found that my question asking and that my exuberance and my extroversion and my energy were things that were to be quailed. There were things to be right. stopped in the classroom. They, it, and I understand why, of course, you have to teach so many kids at one time. Oh, yeah. One really energetic kid taking over everything. Um, but it was interesting that within my homeschool, that's where I was allowed to be the kid I was made to be. I was allowed to ask those questions because my mom had enough time to focus on me, right. focus on my questions, my curiosity. And she had enough time to say to you to not try to get rid of my energy, but to try to find um, uh, pursuits and places that I could actually put it put myself into that I'd explore and I could learn in my own way that I was created to. And so as I look back, I see um, the comparison between when I was in classic uh, uh, structures of education when I was in homeschooling. And I see that when I was in homeschooling, I was allowed to explore. I was allowed to think and ask questions. And I think those are kind of the building blocks of creativity. I think the building blocks of creativity are questioning, exploring, discovering. Um, and, and I think those for me in our home were allowed to not just live, but they were allowed to thrive and they were encouraged. So I think from a very young age, I was really encouraged to do those things, to think for myself, to explore, to discover. And in that practice, um, I, was, I found my creativity um, skill. I found my creativity muscle being worked out. So from the time I began learning, my creativity was growing. And it's something that ultimately launched me into the life that I have today. And so being in a place and in a home that encouraged those things rather than tried to control them or squelch them, ultimately, I'd say is not just a reason, but perhaps the reason I am a creative today. So I'm interested in, in your experience as well. Is that something that you experience in your home and in your homeschool journey? Yeah. So, you know, I have a really interesting story with homeschooling because, you know, my, um, you know, I, I relate to a lot of that. You know, my parents were both ordained ministers. And so... I got, you know, my, some of my greatest memories are the fact that, you know, we would, we would watch a movie together and, you know, or, or have an experience together, do something together as a family. And then at the dinner table, you know, we would sit around the dinner table and give and, and talk and just talk and discuss the ideas in the movie we watched or in the events that we had. And they, my family would tie it together with theology because, you know, that, you know, I, uh, at a very young age, I learned, you know, what Simo Ustis et Peccator <laughs> um, and it's you know justified but still a sinner and it's like oh like that's that was just something that was thrown around uh and so the fact that you know my parents you know were integrated the, all the parts of my life were integrated really taught me how to integrate the different parts of my thinking there wasn't you know the the stuff i was learning and then the stuff that i talked about with my parents at dinner like you know there was there the, all those things we could create connections for another thing that was really interesting was the fact that you know, I mean, the reason my mom has a really interesting story about the reason that she actually decided to homeschool my sister and myself. And the reason was because there's, you know, she was part of this, you know, when I was uh, really young, she was a part of this kind of co-op, you know, um, uh, preschooler where, you know, parents could be volunteers there. And she observed me, uh, she observed something happen where there was a, a, a friend who hit a friend of mine. <clears throat> and then when I saw it, I went over and I hit that person who hit my friend. And the teacher didn't see the person who hit first. They just saw me doing the hitting. And so I got punished 
and the <laughs> and and the other person didn't. And you were a turtle mom, kid from the first. Yeah, exactly. I was I was always making trouble right from the beginning. <laughs> so like I know that there's a bunch of people listening to be like, oh well, that explains a lot. Um, <laughs> but my mom says this is what she says to me is like, you know, I was afraid that you know you know she says she was afraid that I would grow up hating authority, um, mm. and. And so there is, you know, it's one of the things that people sort of, you know, there's always this thing where we, when you're with um, people who either homeschool their kids or were homeschooled, I've always encountered, my mom was always talked about that they always have, have to, they always seem like they have to give an excuse about why they're not homeschooling. Hmm. Um, they always sort of seem like they feel guilty about it. Um, and they go into this long explanation of why they didn't homeschool their kids or why they, you know, why they weren't homeschooled. Um, and the thing is like, there's, there's no nobody who homeschools I, that I know thinks that everybody should homeschool. Um, and nobody that I know who homeschools also thinks that, um, you know, uh, that, the t that there's anything wrong with the teachers who are trying to school, you know, all those people. The problem is, you know, if you are dealing with, like you said, like 30 children, you know, you don't see everything that's going on. Yeah. Like there's, there's no way for you to do that. And that's the benefit of it is you can, you can school a lot of people who, um, would not get schooling any other way. That's the benefit of it. Like they get some education, but um, the problem is, like you said, like you know, it's like you not every teacher is trained in people who are, are neurodivergent. Not every teacher is trained in people who have hearing issues. Like you know, I have a friend who has you know hard of hearing problems, and you know, it's like not every teacher is trained in, in like being able to deal with someone who needs to learn differently that way. Um, and so I think that that's you know so. Uh, my experience with with it was was being able to have my imagination, as you said, my imagination and my curiosity ignited and yes. encouraged and explored, and the things that you know my parents knew would motivate me, and the things that they knew I would get excited about, and greater freedom to explore the avenues that were most exciting to me. You know, I became an expert. You know, kind of. You know, I got I went into writing. You know, really early on, I went into sort of philosophy and intellectual pursuits and you know, Christian apologetics and things like that. And so just like, you know, in college, you're able to sort of, you know, have your basic courses, but then also specialize highly. One of the things I was able to do very on is specialize highly in some of that, you know, cultural critic discourse and that fiction writing, which gave me a heads up as I was trying to explore during that later on. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because like you were saying, I think it must be a really hard task and I have no, nothing but respect for teachers, yeah. um, but I think it must be a really hard task to take so many students and try to see each of their ability, try to see each of their potential yeah. and to focus energy on that. Whereas when I was at home, I was able to have somebody in the learning and the teaching position above me focus on me, see what I could do, see what I couldn't right. do, see what I needed to work in, see what, rather than just being another name on a test that was failing. Because right. I was no good at tests, but I had someone who saw the potential in me. So they encouraged right. me in the way that can be encouraged. I saw a TED Talk a while ago. And if any of you, I've looked, looked for this before and I cannot find it because there's so many. Um, <laughs> it's true. The guy talking about education and he's talking about that there's seven, seven different learning styles. Right. That every one of us were created to learn and ingest the world in an entirely uniquely different way. Right. And only about three to four of those actually are accounted for in the modern public school setting, which means there's going to be a lot of kids who never, who one, never get the information and education they actually need because it's not given to them in the way that they can understand it. And two, they're going to grow up feeling stupid. 
they're going to be the ones who grow up feeling like right. they couldn't do it. You know, there's an, the old quote, I think it's been attributed to Einstein a million times. Yeah. That if a fish is judged on his ability to fly, he'll feel like a failure his whole life. And that's totally a, a paraphrase, but you know, along those lines and, and similarly with a bird on his ability to swim. So all of us are created differently. And I feel like homeschooling allowed me to be seen as a different person and have that difference seen as something good, not something that needed to be controlling. And it's interesting, like you said about the dinner table, I've noticed that almost every homeschooler I know has a similar experience. And it, what it says to me, and you know, we, we grow up the dinner table. Sometimes we sit there for an hour or two. Yeah talking i mean extrapolating anything and you i think you mentioned it was after um it was after movies we did too every friday night we'd watch a movie and then we'd spend the next hour or two just discussing it and yeah interesting uh, you know dynamic that happens in when i feel like a lot of times um maybe maybe this doesn't happen but i feel like it could happen that when you are at school that's the place to go learn and when you leave you shut your mind off right and you're in the home for all of your learning, it never stops. That means every meal is a chance to learn how to create something. Every dinner table is a chance to have a lecture. Right. Every movie you see is a chance to explore theology and philosophy. I mean, it, it never stops. So I feel like my world suddenly became not something, not like a job where you go and you go to the job and you stop the job and you go home. And right. In, in that, that's why I think a lot of people see school. They go to school, they learn, and they stop learning when they go home or you know, shut off their homework. But with, with me, my entire life was learning, was discovering, was uncovering the beauty and majesty and intricacy of the world. And so I, I even find that today that I, I, in my work, it's translated into what I do. I never stop working. I never stop imagining. I never stop thinking in stories and words. And that kind of really fuels what I do. And I feel like gives it extra power. But I do want to say real quick, um, I do know that I'm interested to, to know what you think about this too, because this is something I've, I've found in a lot of homeschoolers. A lot of people love their experience homeschooling and then some didn't. And oftentimes I hear the, um, the pushback of a few different things. Uh, I'd say the first one that every homeschool has heard is that you must've been really antisocial <laughs> and you must be really weird. The other one that kind of goes with that is True. you must all wear uh, jean jumpers. Hello? 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 I'm not hearing you. Hello? Nathan? Or patriarchal is one. Okay, okay, hold on. Um, I didn't, so many. Yeah. I didn't hear anything you said after jean jumpers. You almost... <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I, a lot of people will say so many different things about, you know, are you religious extremist? Are you, um, are you, uh, do you live in a patriarchal home that demands that you be schooled at home? Are you scared of the world? And I feel like there, there's so many um, things that come with homeschooling and some of them are based on truth. And that's something we have to reconcile. There are um, homeschooling experiences that were very toxic for the people in them. Um, that were that were really hard experiences. You know, there's a whole site called I think it's called Homeschoolers Anonymous, where people get on, they talk about the experience they had that it didn't go well. Right. So I think you and I are very lucky, and, and most of the people I know are very lucky and perhaps blessed to have such a great um, experience with. And I think there's so many benefits, um, but I'm interested to know what you think about some of the the drawbacks and the the things that people say about homeschoolers. And I think it's too easy just to say, well, it's not true. We're very socialized. But there is a worry. Are homeschoolers socialized? Is it good for kids? You know, this lady pointed out in the article some things. And I, while I 
disagree with the article wholeheartedly, I do think these, some of these things have to be addressed that are, homeschoolers are accused of being or experiencing. No, I think that that's an excellent point. I think that the, the short answer is, you know, bad things happen. You know, there are good and bad people in the world. And you don't expect that if somebody has bad, that if somebody like, you know, depending, somebody has either, let's say one category, bad parents who are going to abuse their children in certain ways, um, or parents who are just not able to, for whatever reason, um, give their children like an education that, that they, they could have if they would, were at a public school. Um, that's going to happen as well as the cases where, you know, uh, where the great opportunities, you know, the, that, that uh, children have in homeschooling. They're definitely homeschooling um, the homeschooling, like they're definitely parents who, you know, are going to raise their children in a, in a, in a, a anti-social religious cult. And um, the problem is, you know, the, the sort of the, well, there's a couple of instant sort of pushback that, you know, sort of, um, and the, you know, the homeschool people have in there. One of those is that, you know, there's, there's not a lot of evidence that even when, like if a child is being abused at home, um, even if they go to school, the abuse, you know, uh, stops or mm. is, is minimized. It's also true that children who go to school are also abused by their teachers sometimes, you know? And so there, it's, it's not clear that removing homeschooling is the thing that's going to make the child's life better in most cases. Um, because if you're, you know, if you're, again, if you're, you have a religious cult parent or you have a, you know, um, uh, or you have in some way, that's not necessarily going to stop just before, because you go to school. Um, the, you know, in terms of socialization, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's a case by case basis. Because have, did, have you heard that before? Like growing up and telling people you were homeschooled, do you hear that often? I've heard it so, so. <laughs> I've heard people say, well, see, I've heard people say, you know, how do you socialize? And the honest truth is like, well, you socialize, you know, I socialize through church. I, you know, church friends, you know, and getting to know people that way. There are homeschool groups and things yeah. like that. And the thing is, I mean, again, the also with socialization, there's no, I mean, you know, there's very little evidence that people um, who, you know, I mean, not everybody who goes to school also, you know, goes to public school also gets socialized very well either. Um, you know, you know they, that's they, interesting. My, my friend, Matt, I remember when I, I went to public school for a couple of art classes and made a friend <clears throat> towards the end of my high school um, experience. And I remember my friend saying, he came over for dinner one night and he, and he said, sitting with my parents, he goes, you know, Nate, me, so much more free than the other kids. And my mom said, what do you mean? And he said, you know, all of us kids who grew up from the time we were very young in um, public school are taught to, uh, and taught to fear breaking out of the, yeah. the of normalcy. He goes, our peers will punish us. Right. Our teachers will punish us. We're taught to be scared and to live in a very narrow um, existence of what we can say, what we can do, how we can express ourselves, what we can pursue. Um, and so I, I always thought that was really interesting because, you know, right. as a homeschool kids, sometimes I would idealize public school kids. They must be having so right. much fun. They're all friends. And then I went and I found that there's a lot of insecurity there because right. your entire, um, your, your entire world is your peers. It's right. only peers and it, and you're having to 
filter everything you do through the acceptance of those peers. Where in homeschool, I didn't feel that as much. Yep. I, I had more of the freedom to live freely and explore and express myself in ways that I feel like would have been punished either by teachers or my peer group in homeschooling. Well, that's a very that's a very excellent point. I may make a couple points about that because it's true. Like I also, you know, my own, I, I was able to find my political identity sort of on my own um, when, when I was the first time I was able to Interesting. vote in a, in a presidential election, I was able to sort of just go and, and my family had freedom to do this, just do a lot of research and decide where my political leanings were that I would have been pressured to be one thing or another, um, at, at, at school. Now I will say, yeah. I will say like a couple of things. It's very true. Like, you know, you know, there, there is a, there is a danger that can happen. You know, it's like I, my family and I, we moved around a lot. And so, you know, the fact that, you know, I moved around a lot. And then, you know, some of the places we went, particularly sort of in my adolescence, you know, weren't as sort of, you know, embracing of new people in the community when, you know, if it was somebody new. And so that was something difficult that I sort of had to, to deal with in my adolescence, you know, not having, you know, sort of having to start someplace new and not having sort of acceptance of my peers in that way. Um, and, and, you know, would I have and there are certain things that like when I went to college, because of some of that, I had to learn some lessons that maybe I would have learned in high school, you know, mm. if I had gone to high school. So there are, and, and I did also, just like you, deal with this thing of thinking that, you know, people who uh, went to public school must be, must be smarter than me, I actually thought. I actually thought that they must be smarter than me mm. and know more than I did. And of course, I, when, I, when, I, when I first went to college, you know, I, was, I suddenly realized that was not true. Um, you know, and so I think that there is something that like, you know, he says humbly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, no, exactly. You know, uh, uh, quite, quite, uh, you know, I'm quite, quite smart. Of course, when I first, <laughs> what I, what I discovered, what I, I soon discovered, I went to community college first, but I first discovered I went to actual college. I, you know, I was around some actual geniuses. So that was a certain humility I learned very quickly too. <laughs> um, but the, the thing that, you know, is, it is it two things when, when you're a parent of homeschoolers, I mean, when you're, yeah, when you're a homeschooling parent, you, the responsibility is on you to, you know, to, to, you know, the children are relying on the parents to give what the parents and the teachers would be doing. And, mm. you know, again, I was very blessed because, again, I will say this again, both my parents were ordained ministers. They both went to graduate school. They were both, you know, thinking people like that. And so they were able to, had a lot to give in that way um, and a joy and a joy of doing that. And that's one of the things I think is really great about people being encouraged and, and wanting to homeschool is that they are starting to say, actually, this is a joy that I love to be around my kids and want to invest my kids in that way and, and, and uh, share my knowledge. But there are a lot of things that, you know, you have to sort of as a family be responsible for. And so if that's a joy for you to do that, that's a fantastic thing. But it is, it is something to take in mind and consider as you are, you know, as you It's are, a responsibility. It is a responsibility, yeah. I feel like you're absolutely right. And, and that's something people don't say enough because sometimes there's a mentality that if you just homeschool, then everything will be okay. But right. it, it is a responsibility. And right. I think it's a responsibility um, that comes with being a parent. Right. I think whether you like it or not, when you are a parent, you are an educator of your children. Yeah. And, and if slash when I have children, I won't just be the person who feeds them and clothes them. I will remind, I want to remind myself that I'm the person who is educating their mind and their heart daily. Yeah. That is part of the calling of being a parent. Yeah. And so I think that's something we 
perhaps have lost. We, we yeah. see being a parent as providing them uh, uh, clothes and food, but as far as education, we can hand that off to somebody else. Right. And the one thing I look back and, and how it correlates to creativity and, and home education, I look back and I think one other thing that I have noticed that's really affected my life in a positive way from my homeschooling experience um, was the fact that uh, I, I became, I was allowed to be a free thinker. Like you just mentioned, um, which is, which is really, really great that your parents gave you the freedom to say, I want you to decide how you fall on this politically and how you want to vote. And the first time you're voting, exactly. you went and did the research. They trusted you and your own natural instinct to learn, to discover yeah. because they had worked that muscle out in you. Um, they trusted your natural instinct to go and learn and discover. And I feel like there's excellent point. There's kind of a fear. And you, and you said this, that had you not had that, you probably would have fallen prey to just whatever, um, you know, whatever the, yeah. your peers were believing because it's tribalistic. You want to be a part of the tribe. So you're going to believe and vote and think exactly the way your peers do because that's the way you stay in the group. And when you're homeschooled, you you are trusted a little bit. You It is giving a little bit of trust to your kids that they have the capacity to learn, to think freely, to grow, to discover themselves. Right. And so I think even today in, in ingesting modern culture and in my own art, I feel the freedom that I felt as a kid yeah. um, to think freely, to think outside the bounds of tribes, to think outside the bounds of sides, to think outside the bounds um, that I think hold so many people and they're scared to leave. I can think I've learned from a young age how to think about things objectively and from my own perspective without worrying, will I be in, will I be out? Because I practiced my entire life. I was encouraged my entire life to think freely, to discover, to find things on my own, not to just be told things, but to discover things myself. And I think the whole classroom teacher setup is in the entire, it's built upon this dynamic of I'm here to tell you something and you're here to take it as opposed to homeschooling. I was, uh, my mom did it more of, I'm here to expose you to the beauty and so much of life. And you are, you are the one who has to go chase down and find what it means, what it looks like. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. A lot of words, but th the free thinking aspect really has affected my creativity for the better. And it's something that I do find that exists more often in the format of homeschooling. Yeah. And again, like we've both said, you know, people who are, I've known a lot of people in public school, you know, who are incredible free thinkers. Absolutely. You know, incredibly smart and creative people. But uh, what I have found is that most of the people I know who have been in public school, one of the th common things they share about their experience is that they feel like when they got to college, it was the first time that they were exposed to a lot of ideas that they exposed to before. There is a certain sense of betrayal that like they haven't heard certain things about American history or about, you know, politics or about race or things like that. And it's like, this is the first time they've been hearing that. And to a certain degree, you know, with some things, you know, again, you know, leaving home, I had the same experience, but with a lot of things, I was like, really? Like you hadn't heard this before, you know? And so, to, so it, you know, I think that there's, it's, we, I think that there's a lot of real benefits, you know, to, the idea, not just of homeschooling, but the idea of you made this point that regardless of whether you're homeschooling or not, the idea that the idea that you are as a parent are the educator, not just the educator, but the exciter, shaper and exciter of the imagination of your children. Mm. And you are, you know, you're, you're, I'm going to get sappily religious here just for a moment, but like, you know, God has entrusted you with these, these minds, these souls, these people to, to shape their lives and what they think is 
is as beautiful modeling modeling the the kind of family and the kind of world that they're supposed to love and see um and regardless of whether you're a homeschool or public school that's your job and also regardless of whether you're homeschool or public school or private school your job also is to you know is to give them make them feel like in some way you to, that they are free to ask questions they're free to explore they are free to um you know uh they're free to to learn how to think and not what to and if the best way for you to do that is through homeschooling, which I think that in most cases, if you're capable of it, that's the best way to go, but not everybody can, um, that's great. But if not, that's still finding ways to do that makes a person more creative because a person is only creative if they do feel the freedom within themselves uh, to, uh, to explore and to worship and to be excited and to, to run and in, in their, their mind. And so, however, you know, some people have so that, that so deep in themselves that if somebody tries to take it away from them, they'll rebel against it and fight against it, but that will still shape them in a particular way too, where they will be a kind of creative person yeah. resentful against the structures that kept it from them. And so whatever way you can give them freedom to do that, whether homeschool or public school, and I think that oftentimes in Canada, the best way of homeschool is a good thing. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, uh, you're, you, I have many friends who grew up in public school and are absolute geniuses but yeah. what i find through most of them is that they were punished for it mm. i find that very often because they were so far above or so far outside the box they were punished for existing in fact the times you know i have not even once but probably three to five times i can i can remember teachers yelling at me literally in the middle of the class mm. yelling at me because I asked too many questions. And, I, and that can't be a conducive place for yeah. creativity. If you, because creativity is inherently asking questions and exploring. Yes. yes. If you live in a place in which asking questions and exploring is not only ignored, but it can be punished, then I think you are inherently hurting a child's ability to be creative and to live into the genius that they have. Um, you know, it, I think that's probably the biggest uh, qualm I'll take with uh, th this woman's article is that she sets it up as education is something that the state says, here you go, you learn this and you take it and that's what you learn yeah. and that's it. As opposed to homeschooling says it is a big, beautiful, wonderful world out there. I'm going to expose you to the best music, the best books, the best everything. And you can take that and you can explore and ask questions and follow your own rabbit trails into the, in wherever your mind and heart might take you. And that's where I think creativity lives. And that's where I think that um, ultimately uh, genius and, and, and the greatest beauty in the works of art have come out of that kind of creativity. And you see it. I mean, if you look at the list of people who have been homeschooled, uh, it, it's pretty in, incredible. I mean, many of the most classical artists that we still study are, were homeschooled. I mean, you're looking at Einstein, you're looking at Thomas Edison, the, the greatest inventors of our time were homeschooled. And I think it has to be because they had a place to explore their own curiosity in a free environment that wasn't um, try, that didn't try to control them, but in, in fact, encourage them to explore their curiosity and discover the world. Um, so yeah, it, it is, it is. Well, and the thing is, you know, again, you, you point this out. It's like, you know, it's, it's all to, to say, because there's, we do have the data. We do know that, you know, that homes, you know, that's one of the things, problems I have with the article. She's like, oh, let's me scare you about all the things that will happen <laughs> to you if the person is homeschooling in theory. And I was like, okay, but like, you haven't referenced a study that 
says that this is because we've had a lot of decades of homeschooling to find out what happens to people when they're homeschooled. And, you know, we know that the majority that the majority experience tends to be better outcomes for children, mm. even though there are exceptional cases. And I think that the question of, okay, you know, if there is, you know, child abuse going on or something like that, how do you find out about it? If the child is not out in the world, again, we don't know that that actually gets the chance to get better if they're in public school, but like, that's still a question I think is worth asking. But, but, but trying to make a rule on the outlier exactly. is ridiculous. It's a very bad thing. We know that in the majority of cases, the, um, that homeschooling has such a deep benefits for people. And so if you, you know, want the best benefits for people, giving people more freedom and encouragement to have that is a great thing. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I look back and, and just to wrap all this up, but I am, <laughs> I am so, I am really thankful yeah. I was, and I think it's more of a, a philosophy um, than, than anything, you know, the homeschool and the public school, we can get caught up in these, in these titles, but I think the philosophy for anyone who's educating any child, be it your own or be it a classroom full of children, it has to be a philosophy of, like you said, inspiring minds of exposing kids to the beauty and wonder of the world and encouraging them to chase their own curiosity and desire and wonder. Um, and I think that is what makes ultimately a fully educated, wholehearted child will grow up and be an adult. And I think that's ultimately where kids are going to discover their creativity. If they have someone saying the world is beautiful and you can learn and discover, and that is a lifetime work and, and not in trying to control them, trying to, uh, you know, grade them on tests, uh, it's whoever is in charge of any child education. It has to be an inspiring, loving, encouraging, supportive work to go out there and discover the beautiful world in a free sense. And that's going to build the creativity that's going to make the creatives that create the wonders of the next uh, generation. Um, and it, real quick on this, it is interesting to me, just from a Hollywood point of view, I remember growing <laughs> up with all the... Um, the thoughts about homeschooling and all the things, oh, you must be antisocial, you must be stupid, all of this. And all of a sudden I get to LA where kids <laughs> you know, acting on set very often, either as extras or you know, on, on TV shows as, as main characters. And all of a sudden homeschooling is cool in LA because all the cool kids do it. So it is interesting oh, how perceptions God. can uh, change from place to place based upon what's happening. So, but I am encouraged to see that homeschooling and home education is something that is um, gaining not even more respect, but uh, that people are seeing the benefit and the value of the home being a place where kids yeah. can be educated. And I love seeing that happen more and more. And I will say hats off to um, every educator and especially parents who have taken on and really owned yeah. that Amen. calling of educating the hearts and minds of the people that have been entrusted them. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up the meat segment of our, our discussion. <laughs> um, so now, we have our regular part where we do praises and, uh, no, wait, uh, blesses and curses. There you go. I was mixing it up. <laughs> blesses and curses where you, we take a piece of art that we have uh, engaged with uh, recently and say, you know, recommend it with a bless or disrecommend it with a curse, something like that. And so, Nathan, do you want to start us off? 
Yeah, you know, I will. And I'm going to do, I'm not going to do movies this week. I actually just changed mine because I'm looking at it right now. So my bless of the week, and I'm I'm so sorry, this is, you guys can all laugh at me, but it's it's the comic book Bible. It's called the Action Bible. And I have been going back and looking at some of the Old Testament stories that I have forgotten and the New Testament stories. And I, again, speaking about different learning styles, I am such a visual learner. I really should get a kickback for this because I always talk about this thing. (laughs) But I am now at 31 years old, going back and relearning and reliving the, the, the stories from scripture, but they have a whole, they're taking on a whole new life to me yeah. because I'm watching them play out. Cause I'm, I'm a visual learner on, on a, on a page with pictures and images and people and faces. And they, it just, it, it's a whole new experience for me. So I'm actually really loving that. And I'm not ashamed at all to tell you that I, I am fully blessing the comic book Bible and it's called the action Bible. So please check it out. Ooh, and the curse great. of the week is really easy. Um, but it is the article, uh, from the Harvard professor. I thought it unfair. I thought it un, uh, thought out well, it was unsupported. I, I thought it illogical. Um, and it, it, it seems so biased and I don't, and, and hateful in a way. Yeah. And these are not great places to write an unbiased article about <laughs> anything. So I will say my curse of the week is definitely this article um, from the Harvard professor. That's a, that's a great one. You know, I will, I will say if, if you were looking for like, you know, if you have a child who has, likes comic books and you're looking for, for that, there's, there's also like the, the mind, manga Bible series, you know, manga Messiah, manga messenger. Uh, oh. I really loved growing up. They do a great job of uh of translating you know the bible into manga format in a, in a deeply engaging and even emotional way so that's if that's something people are interested in then then definitely check those out as well i will say for my bless of the week you know i talked about how we my family and i love to sit around the dinner table and have conversations and how they really helped shape my imagination um one of the ways they did that is exposing me very early on to the works of c.s lewis and chronicles of narnia and one Classic. of the ways they do that yeah, exactly. Just, you know, like I, I think when I was four, when they, but he's, this is a thing, you know, not just the books, but when I was four, they exposed me to the BBC uh, adaptations of the yes. of Narnia. And I cannot tell you how much my imagination was inspired and shaped by that vision of what Christianity looks like, that vision mm. of how to imagine the world as a place of wonder that is, and have an imagination where where god was in my imagination where like you know i'm not just watching sci-fi or fantasy where there's a godless universe involved but that god is a part of the fantasy imagination to inspire me in that way wow. and was such a deeply important informant and the more i write the more i find how formative it was to i am so nostalgic right now yeah so much nostalgia <laughs> so much nostalgia <laughs> um and on, on the on the other hand of my curse, I, I'm gonna say the uh, the uh, TV miniseries on FX Hulu, Mrs. America, which I finished. You know, it it's a, it's a you know it's a very you know uh, it's a series that sort of paints itself as showing sort of like both sides of a of a political conflict, but it's very one sided. And not only is it one sided, which I sort of accepted. It's like okay, fine, like they have their point of view, whatever. Um, at the end you find out in their last moments, they, they do like text on screen to, to and basically tell people to vote for a particular political party. And I just was so upset because that's not what you use art for. You don't use art mm. for a, to, to tell people how to vote. You t- use it to help to speak honestly about an experience and about a truth, about beauty, and to show that for people and let them decide you know, 
how they're going to vote based on that. But to use, um, our, you know, Dorothy Sayers, the, the, the Christian writer who wrote an essay toward a Christian aesthetic, she talked about the fact that, you know, if you are using art to try to tell people what to think, you're engaging in what is known as propaganda. And that is a profession mm. of art. Uh, and art is to, again, to help people imagine and to see and to better. Um, and telling it to use it to tell people how to vote is a very, very bad thing. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's an easy thing. It's, and it's an easy good thing. Art. Exactly, yes. It's so, yeah, exactly. So in any event, uh, I, uh, yeah. So that's, uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? You know, I can't think so, but it does strike me, um, that, uh, I just realized I was thinking about, uh, our artistry and our creativity and our home education. And it, it strikes me that both of us are both people who now work from home and I work from my couch, <laughs> work from my couch and you work in your desk chair in your apartment and oh I my wonder, gosh I just have to wonder if our experiences of growing up learning the home have translated into us growing up and actually working from home I have no idea there should be a study but it I'm is sure I'm sure it is a complete coincidence nothing we are literally working from home right now so we are, we were home, <laughs> yes, yes, home yes. workers so and it and it enables our art so there you and go you know but, what? Because we're homeschoolers, one of the things we say is, keep asking those questions. <laughs> That's right. And, and what's our tagline, Joseph? If it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. <laughs> all right. Have a good one, all. You can find Nathan Clarkson and I both on social media by searching our names. Nathan Clarkson's website is nathanclarkson.me. My website is josephholmstudios.com. If you want to see my sketch comedy group, you can go to YouTube and look for Young Unprofessionals. And if you want to continue this discussion, you have pushback on stuff you, we said, then you can email us at therealoverthinkers.com.